Life is hard. And it could be worse. Did you catch my okay? I did. Oh, my God. It could be worse. It's okay. One of these days, I will learn to shut up. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, Anyway, so Chauvin got 22.5 years. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I'm not a big proponent of jail. You know, I, I think I like the idea of rehabilitation. And oh, all I thought you were going to say stuff. you preferred the guillotine. I was like, that's a little medieval. Uh, no, no, I'm actually against the death penalty in general. But having said that, though, does that equate to what other people are getting for the same crime? I mean, you know, if you murder somebody uh, don't you generally get life that's first least? he didn't get convicted of first degree murder what did he get convicted second, of second degree murder which is he murdered him without trying to no, premeditation he tried to try, you had, in order to murder someone in order to murder someone you have to try but you, but premeditation means you plan it ahead of time yeah so, before the nine minutes of kneeling on his neck he yeah and that's hard to prove it, it's yeah, yeah. anyway, it's I think the sentence is they said 30 years would have been the maximum. So it wasn't terribly far off. But here's the here's the kick. Now, he apparently took a plea bargain on the civil uh, on the federal civil rights charges. And uh, he's going to get roughly the same amount of time for those. So and they'll run concurrently. His two sentences will run concurrently. So he'll end up spending that 22 and a half years in a federal prison. Rather than a state prison. Sorry, where he could play golf and tennis. Stuff <laughs> yeah, like I, don't, I don't know. I, don't, I honestly don't know what the difference is. If the federal prison's worse or better, but but that's what they said. That was a reason. Oh, I've, I've always heard that the federal max security prison is like, you know, the, the club. <laughs> you know, that's the place you want to go because you get, to, like I said, you get the golf course, you get, you get the tennis to, courts. Get to hang out with Bernie Madoff. Yeah, Bernie Madoff with your money. Yeah. So yeah, there's that, and then uh, um, oh oh oh. Before we get into the serious sci-fi stuff, I wanted to mention that I saw a singing Chihuahua on America. I don't watch America's Got Talent, but it was it was a clip somebody put on Twitter, and uh, I laughed so hard I cried. It just, did it actually sing? Well, kind of. So the girl, it, what was cute about it was the the owner of the dog's holding the dog, and it's so cute. She's just holding it in her arms, and he's all like happy, and and she's like so. So she goes, she tells the dog, she's like, you wait until I sing the, the, whatever it is before the chorus comes in. And she goes, and you come in with the chorus and the dog's looking at her like, you know, yeah, I understand you. Right. And uh, so, so when she gets to the chorus, she looks at the dog, you can tell she's cued the, you know, prompted the dog to start singing. But anyway, then she goes, you know, she's, she's like, uh, uh, what was the song? Damn it. It was, um, I don't want to. Yeah, all by myself or something like that. All by myself. Anyway, the dog's yeah. like, the dog's like, right. But anyway, it's so cute. It was just so <laughs> unbelievably cute and so funny because she's, you know, she's all serious and the dog is like in her arms, like singing, you know, doing his howling. I mean, he's sticking his nose up like he's howling, right? And it's just, right. It's just so, and well, of course, the other thing is that the judges are dying. Right. And when you see other people cracking up, you can't help but cry. Like the judges are just dying. And then and then eventually they're doing the, the where you put your arms up and sway from side to side. Right. <laughs> it's just 
nuts. Anyway, I couldn't help it. I, I just sometimes these see these things. And I just, well, I guess it's not too crazy to have a singing chihuahua because I've seen a talking chihuahua before. Well, I've also seen dogs start to howl when you sing. Like if you hit a certain note, they're like, they think you're howling. Yeah. Especially yeah. when I sing. Okay. When I sing, it isn't really singing technically. But you remember the talking chihuahua? Yeah. Well, Yo quiero Taco Bell. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. a little, I think they cheated. Yeah. I was yeah. just trying to be hilarious there. That's all. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I don't know which button it is anymore. <laughs> no, I was going to do the. No, that's not right. So I have a question. Yes. Did they have water on the Star Trek Enterprise? I want to know the same thing. Like, I've never seen them, you know, like, say that anybody takes a shower or flushes the toilet or, you know what I mean? Unless someone else remembers something I don't remember. I do not remember anyone ever... Having a like bathroom. even on an airplane, somehow they have water, right? Because you can wash your hands and you could flush the toilet. I don't know where the where it goes when you flush. It probably just, you know, they, dump, a holding tank. they probably dump it over the place they're landing on or something. But Well, at some point they empty it, but they probably just have it in a gray water tank until they land. <laughs> But, well, but with the Star but, Trek Enterprise, they were out there for years and years. Right, they don't land. Right. I mean, well, getting rid of the water would be easy. I mean, you could eject water, but the problem is you have to have a source of water. If you're going to get rid of it, you'd have to recycle every drop you had. Otherwise, you'd run out. Right? Yeah. So so what about that? So where is it? Um, they never talk about it, do they? Ever. Uh, like, no, they never address that. In issue. all the iterations of Star Trek, in the 10 movies, and the... All that stuff, nothing. We need to hear from one of those Trekkie people who have, like, who, um, what's the word, you know, who studied all the literature. Mm-hmm. And, and write the fan fiction and all yeah, that. Yeah, they know the languages, you know, they know mm-hmm. Klingon, they know, they know how the ship is supposed to have worked and how the dilithium crystals were tapped for the warp how warp speed you know what what a warp drive does and all that stuff right mm-hmm. so ask counselor them. troy p that's what i want to know ask them like when did the crew go to the bathroom because as far as i know nobody ever got up from the bridge and said excuse me i have to use the bathroom exactly so either they have the best bladder control in the 23rd century or and I mean really good bladder control, like for years and years and years. Um, or they just... That just I mean, they'd be sick all the time, even if you could do that, right? Like your body would hold in those toxins. Well, I was kidding about that. But I mean, they never well, had yeah, to, they never had to get up in the middle of, you know, like... I mean, let's face it. There was times when everybody was sitting around the bridge just yakking and, you know, and just having a good... Somebody would have said, uh, excuse me, I gotta go, you know, I got to go pee, right? Or I must use the restroom or something polite, right? But, Something. But I mean, nobody ever did it, it. At least they would show like somebody getting out of the shower or with wet hair. Something. Right. I mean, no. not only that, but they beamed down to planets and stayed there for days and never bothered to ask if they could use a bathroom. Mm-hmm. 
It's just, there's just, you know, they would get stuck somewhere. Remember, they would get stranded in some like small room or something for mm-hmm. 16 hours and nobody had to pee. That's nuts. Is it, it? it? I mean, it's just crazy. I think it is. Um, and, you know, and, and when Kirk would get in a fight, work up a sweat, all he ever did was pull his shirt down. Remember, he'd grab the bottom of his shirt, kind of pull it down. Mm-hmm. He'd never take a shower. He'd never, uh, you know, go get cleaned up. It just, it just, it's just the way it was. Yeah, something's off there. I, that's a like a it's a hole in the in the universe. So here's the next a question: black the ex- hole. The ex- it's a giant black hole in the Star Trek universe. The okay. extension of that question is because I haven't seen the new stuff. I haven't seen all of it. Did this continue into the next generation and the generation? Well, after the next that? generation is the one I was talking about. Oh, I was seeing the old I've ones. More of. I was seeing the old ones, but I, I haven't seen all the next generation stuff. But I'm saying that they they did a whole series with uh, Scott Bakula, you know, the Quantum Leap guy. Yeah, he, he was the captain of. I think it was still the Enterprise, but it wasn't like D. It was Inter- the first one or whatever. It's like a prequel, mm-hmm. you know. And they went through all that, and then the whole original series, and then the whole next generation, and then there's Voyager and whatever else came after yeah, that. Several spinoffs, yeah, and all the movies. And I, I haven't seen every last bit of every one of them, but I do not recall in any of them, old, new, whatever, any reference to any kind of plumbing, water, in general, right, right, at all. Anywhere. Yeah, even even when the ship got torn up, you never saw water spraying. Like, there's never a broken water pipe. Yeah, exactly. When they get hit with the things and stuff start collapsing. Yeah, there were steam pipes or something. There'd be, like, pipes that would spray something, but never water. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think there was. We definitely need input from the audience I think the 23rd century has done away with the need for water. But that's the building block of life, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know. Isn't it? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I, don't, I mean, in, well, in oh no, life. no, yeah, yeah. Water's as far as we know it, life requires water. We don't know of any life that can survive without water. I mean, but our bodies, right? Of course, our bodies are two thirds water. And there were humans on that ship. I mean, Kirk was a human. Picard oh, is a human. Gosh. Riker's a human. You use that term loosely, but yeah, okay. I'm just saying. All right. Fine. <sighs> Well, as long as we're just saying, I do want to throw out there that the Michigan-controlled GOP, I'm sorry, the, the Michigan GOP-controlled Senate, as in the state Senate in Michigan, who happens to be controlled by Republicans, uh, has completed their investigation into voting fraud in the state of Michigan, and they found zero irregularities. Uh, were they looking hard enough? <laughs> I don't know. So Didn't here, you say they're Republican controlled? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they found something. They found nothing, and here's and here's they went a step further, and this and is they actually, admitted to that. Yep, they admitted to that. They even went one step further. This is the good part. They have advised the state attorney general to investigate people who have been making false claims for personal gain. Interesting. Who does that include? Um. Well, your favorite guy. Trump, well, I'm sure it includes probably people, other people. It's I suspect they're going to narrow their search to like Trump's lawyers and stuff like that. But hmm. 
But Trump would be one person who made false claims for personal gain. I mean, you know, essentially in a nutshell, you know, they have investigated, have found absolutely nothing, no reason to have claimed any kind of fraud, but obviously people did, and specifically about Michigan. Right. So. That's got to be a weird position for them to be in, right? Because you'd think the rest of the party in other states and at the federal level would be rooting for them to find something. I don't know if rooting is the right word. Would be pressuring them to find something. Well, even if they are, but, I mean, maybe maybe at the state level you have some semi-honest politicians. You know, well, I, but also if they found fraud. I mean, then that looks bad on them because they're the ones who control the the vote in the state, right? Well, not really. Right? They're I mean, the ones got in charge whole, of it. Yeah, they're the final arbiters, but there's a whole group, you know, Secretary of State or whoever, and the whole group under them that handle the actual election. So, and ha- elections are controlled at the local level. Every election, every precinct has their own ballot boxes and their own controls and their own people so and that's why i say it's so hard to rig an election i've said this before the way our elections are run in this country if you wanted to rig an election you'd either have to involve a lot of people or you'd have to get some kind of centrally controlled element that you could rig which would be well you would rig it before it gets to the ballot that's i mean yeah but that's not rigging the election okay convincing people how to vote Lying, deceiving—that's a different thing. I mean, you that's can call that rigging the election if you want, but uh, I was speaking more ballot access, right? Like if the Democrats and Republicans use their collective power to keep out the third parties, you know, or you know, yeah, that may not work. That may access. not work the way they think it's going to work, though. They you remember they're trying to keep convicted felons from voting, and it turns out the convicted felons are actually a mixed voting block. When they did a survey, they found out that that that's not going to change anything because they vote just as much Republican as they do Democrat. Yeah. I didn't mean who could vote. I meant who is on the ballot. That's what I'm talking about. Well, okay. So who's on the ballot, who can vote, what misinformation they put out there, all those things, but that is not at all what I'm talking about. I'm just saying this is, this is being strictly, I'm talking about how do you rig an election control the actual way votes are counted or miscounted because we're getting really complicated. If you start getting into the whole overall election process, you could talk about the money involved. You could talk about all kinds Mm -hmm. of things, but that's not what we're talking about. That's not what Trump Trump claimed. Trump's claim was that the ballot boxes were rigged. Gotcha. All those votes were miscounted or something. Yeah. I saw some, Accusation where some foreign country used a satellite to oh, is Italy? <laughs> Italy used a satellite to change Trump votes to Biden votes. Wow, something crazy like that. That's clever. Yeah. Well, and going back to what I was saying before, that might work in one precinct or two precincts or something, but it wouldn't work nationally. It wouldn't work in a broad enough scale to make any difference. It wouldn't even work right. statewide. Um, but I'm I'm afraid that we may actually standardize our election equipment to where everybody uses the same equipment, and then you may have the potential for something to be rigged nationwide. But right now, it's a mixed bag. You got some right. People's. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Nobody uses the same shit. Um, there's like you know that Dominion voting system was only used, I think, in Georgia, maybe one other state, but it wasn't. It's not broadly used. 
The other one that they blamed was in California, and obviously California was clearly going to the Democrat. There was no question about that, so it was just stupid accusation. Um, but yeah, the whole the whole idea of it, I mean, even if you had better evidence than what they had, I would still have a hard time believing that there was any nationwide conspiracy. I could definitely believe that there were some localized cases of voter fraud that I could buy, but they would be localized and it would be pretty hard to sway an entire national election, especially by 7 million votes. Right. Anyway, that went off on a tangent. Sorry. No problem. Would you like to talk about the GOP now and their stance against the cathode ray tube? The cathode ray tube? Yeah, I saw a picture online of the the Republicans having a protest, and it says CRT with a circle with a line through it, right? So they're against cathode ray tubes, which, you know, like are the tubes in old TVs, but I haven't seen those in like... I. 20-some years, I thought that was no longer an issue. I'm guessing in this context they were referring to critical race theory? CRT, you're saying, is critical race theory, not cathode ray tube? I assume if it was at a protest or something like that, uh, you demonstrate, yeah. So they're protesting strategies to win the Indy 500? That's a pretty critical race. Critical race theory, yes. That's... um, Actually, you know, enlighten me, sir. What is it? They they have twisted the definition of critical race theory, but critical race theory is actually just teaching students the things that we don't want them to hear, the things that might look, make us look bad in terms of our racist history. Us being white people, just our country in general. I mean, we, gotcha. you know, our, the United States basically, um, in a nutshell was built on slave labor. Mostly, a lot of the wealth that we have it was the product of slave labor. Then after we you know, set the slaves free, we passed laws so that we could imprison them and then use them as slave labor, <laughs> even after they were emancipated. Right. And then we burned their cities and lynched them and things like that. So all those things you don't hear anything about in school, um, they're trying to get back into the curriculum. And that's Did you see the uh, Trevor Noah thing on that? That uh, was pretty clever. Yeah, I think I did, but I'm not. They, he played both parts, and he was like the plantation guy and the slave. Oh. And, and, and the slave was saying, you know, how come, you know, explain to me again why I'm working for no money or something like that. And, and the other guy, who's still Trevor Noah, but playing the plantation owner, is like, you know, no, boy, it's not slavery. This here is an economic system that blah, blah, blah. And he goes on, you know. And the other guy says, well, how come there's only black people that are out here working for no money? <laughs> and he's like, there you go, bringing race into it again. <laughs> now, it's got nothing to do, you know. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. But it's kind of like what you're talking about, how they argue that it's not racist and, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the, you know, when you you go to the plantations, you know, you go to these um, tourist attractions that they have built around the old plantations, you know, they take tourists around. They never talk about slavery. They talk about it. Yeah, we have a, 
street, like one of our main streets here is called Plantation Drive. And uh, in this, you know, little area that I live in. And um, so like when we drive around and we just always look at houses when we drive around. Cindy would be like, oh, that's a cute house. And I'm like, I refuse. I will not have an address. <laughs> plantation Drive. That's it's Plantation Drive. I just won't. <laughs> I don't care how good the house is. I will not live on that street. Oh, it's well. bad enough I got to drive on it to get home. You know? I'm trying, I was trying to think of some clever way you could get around that, but I think you'd be stuck with it. Yeah, I, I just couldn't do that. I couldn't bring myself to do that. It just seems wrong. Mm. I read something counterintuitive in the news. They said that um, when when they did a study of uh, job searches online, they found out that when the states ended unemployment early, that the job searches actually went down compared to states that didn't, which may or may not mean anything at all, but it's just <laughs> counterintuitive and kind of funny. It's counterintuitive in the sense that, you know, you would, think that people that stop receiving unemployment would start looking for work, but it makes sense in the sense that while you're receiving unemployment, part of the deal to get your money is to supposedly look for jobs. Yeah. Right. Like you're not supposed to be able to, you, you're required to submit like three resumes a week or something. And if you're offered a job, you can't turn it down at least. Well, the in the states that I've ever collected unemployment in. Right. The, the difference deal. was only a few percentage points. So I suspect it was probably statistically nothing. It just basically didn't make a difference. This is what it really happened. So they thought that if they cut off their unemployment, everybody would be out looking for work. But in reality, that wasn't why people weren't looking for work in the first place. Or, or maybe that they were looking for work, but the jobs they were finding weren't worth taking. Right, Which brings me to a quote that I saw, I think in the same article. It said, uh, quote, no one says it's a customer shortage if companies offer only high prices and bad service. Um, But he says, yet some say it's a labor shortage if companies only offer low wages and bad benefits. (laughs) Right. Well, that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, I I read... uh, not a whole article, but part of an article that was talking about everybody quitting like in April or May was like the highest. I don't know what the right term is. Quit ratio Mm. (laughs) um, of employees like in the past years. I don't, I don't know how many, how far it goes back, but so they were like, does this signal a paradigm shift? You know, like people are tired of putting up with, low wages and bad benefits, essentially, you know, like they're willing to, or does it signal like during the pandemic, people held on to jobs they hated because, you know, work was so scarce during the pandemic. And now that things are loosening up, you know, like the, yeah, there could the, be some the of dam that. has opened and all of a sudden, you know, people have been waiting to quit for months and now they're all doing it at once. There could be something to be said for that, but I would also say that you and I have talked about this before. If people would ever agree, like if we could ever get enough critical mass of people to say, fuck this, I'm not working for these wages, then employers would have to raise wages, right? Yeah. And in a way, this is like a golden opportunity for a lot of people to say, you know, I'm getting a little extra unemployment right now. I'm just going to tell you I'm not coming back to work until I have to. 
and maybe I won't come to, back to work at all. Maybe I'll find a better job. Maybe I'll get, you know, educated, get retrained. But, you know, I'm not taking your stupid crappy job at your stupid crappy wage. So if enough people do that, then employers have, and, and by the way, wages are going up. So if that is what's happening, it's working, which is great. Yeah. And the work from home movement is kicking in too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. People are saying, I'm not coming back to work. If, if I can't work from home, I'm going to quit. <laughs> exactly. But now those people, I don't want to say it, but those people are kind of privileged. I mean, people that can work from home are a special group of people. A lot of people can't do that. Um, no matter what they never could, you know, they didn't get to work from home. So. Sure. And, but I mean that, and I'm one of them, so yeah, I <laughs> be very careful, but yeah, but that group is getting bigger, right? Because what mm. the pandemic did was kind of forced remote work on companies. And a lot of them found out that like, Hey, this ain't so bad, you know, like yeah, people, yeah. people well, the still technology get this. developed. People have found better ways. People have bought everything they need to work from home. They've sort of created home offices. Right. Right. But there hasn't been the, the thing that they've had anxiety, the companies have had anxiety about in the past, which is people won't work if they're not constantly right. supervised or their productivity will drop or whatever. Well, they said and, that, they, that they're spending about two thirds of their commute time doing productive work. So, you know, that's, that's time they wouldn't have even had before. Right. And, and if you're not losing productivity or, uh, you know, work hours or whatever, um, then your costs can be cut significantly because you don't have to rent a building or an office or supply them with, you know, food in the break room or a coffee machine or bathrooms or lighting or on and on yeah. and on and on. Although those kinds of changes are painful because you have a huge sector of the economy that relies on leasing office space. So there's, I mean, sure. it's going to be, I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about the global economic impact. I'm just saying for yeah. those particular companies. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. If you're the company that's renting the office space, you're saving money. If you're the one who's leasing, the, the one who ha owns the office space and is leasing it out, then you're, yeah. In any case, so before we get, before we get, um, run out of time here, I want to mention especially this, and then I want to do a little book review, but, but, um, I was reading about the, the Arvada, Colorado shooting, and uh, now that we know that more of the details, when we talked about it the first time, we only knew that like three people had been killed and some other people. I don't remember if Rem anybody... Remind helped. me of this situation. Okay, this was a... Uh, Arvada, Colorado apparently has like a town square that has a lot of cool shops and stuff, and, and people were milling around there one day, and some shooter comes in with an AK-40... Well, not an AK-40, I'm sorry, AR-15, and, uh, and he shot a cop. Um, and killed him, and then went on to, I guess, well, see, this is where the details got sketchy, because all we really know, because he died, all we really know was that three people died, and uh, he was one of them. I think it was only three people that died, but anyway, it was terrifying, because there was, you know, a lot of shots fired, and people were all hiding, and it was just one of those situations, and it was a very bucolic kind of a town square where nobody expected something like this to happen. Okay. Well, here's the head-twisting bit. So I'm reading the story, and they say uh, that uh, that this guy, um, let's see, wait, John Hurley, a 40-year-old guy, um, after after uh, the the shooter Ronald Troik shot the police officer and was and was coming through with his rifle, um, John Hurley saw him and confronted him and shot him and killed him. 
Okay, so so yay, good guy with a gun beats bad guy with a gun, right? Right. Right, so we get that. Well, then, for some reason or another, and I can think of a few reasons why this might have happened, um, part of it having to do with adrenaline, but um, the good guy with the gun picked up the bad guy's AR-15. Cops show up. Good guy with a gun dies. <laughs> We've talked about this before. What happens when everybody's got a gun mm-hmm. and the cops and show up on the tell. scene? Yeah. Yep. I mean, they I was, just start mowing down everybody with a gun. I was really sad because I was like, you know, this guy, you know, he probably risked his life to shoot the to shoot the uh, you know the killer, and then. There's like I said, I can think of a lot of reasons why I might have picked up the rifle. Maybe he was taking it away from to make sure the guy didn't, you know, sh- you know, pick it up and shoot somebody, or maybe he was, you know, taking the bullets out of it or something. Who knows? But he wasn't expecting the cops to show up and shoot him. But the cops arrive on the scene, see him holding the rifle, and shoot him dead. Which I also think is unnecessary, by the way, because if he wasn't pointing the rifle at the cops, I, I just. We've talked about this a thousand times, but I think the cops have got a hair fucking trigger. Like, they don't even wait to see what the situation is. You could be holding a mobile phone and they'll shoot you and be like, oh, I thought it was a gun. Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, that kid had the toy truck and they shot him. Right. (laughs) Just so many different. But but having, you know, without picking on the police, because obviously the police have been called for an active shooter situation. They show up and there's a guy holding a rifle. So... I think they could have waited a little bit to figure out whether he was the bad guy or the good guy, but bottom line is this is what happens when we have... But at the same time, I can't say I'm unhappy that there was a guy with a gun who took out the shooter before he could kill more people. I mean, that's a good thing, right? And then he ends up dying, so it's a bad thing. Like, what is this? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What is it? (laughs) I don't know how to feel anymore. Yeah, no doubt. <clears throat> Those poor people in the Northeast are in the middle of a heat wave, you know. I heard, like Seattle topped a hundred. Yeah, hundred and fifteen. It's like it's like nuts hot. But they said that the, the sign, <laughs> the first sign of someone who's like suffering from heat exhaustion is nonsensical speech. Right. So I was thinking maybe that would explain our podcast. I might need to turn the air conditioning down a little bit more when I'm doing this. Yeah, well, I think it's off so that we don't hear the hiss, right? Yeah. That's probably the problem. Yeah, actually, I do turn it up so that it doesn't come on during the podcast. You're right. And that's why. But but seriously, though, apparently the heat wave has already sent hundreds of people to the hospital, which I guess is better than sending them to the morgue, but still, it's pretty bad. Going to have a heat wave. So I'm never going to get to my book review because I have one more thing I have to talk about. This is kind of funny. Well, it's not funny. Right, it's we'll not save funny. the book review for next time. This is not funny at all, but it's funny. So there's a big fire burning in California called the Lava Fire, hmm, which I think okay. is kind of funny to begin with. Like the Lava Fire just sounds hot, doesn't it? Yes. Anyway, it's threatening right now. It's threatening. Is it really volcanic? I mean, is there a reason to call it the lava fire? You know, I don't know why they called it the lava fire. I have no idea. That was not in the article that I read. For the love of fire. Yeah, but but it was the the article that I was read was basically about this incident they had at the out on the outskirts of the town of Weed. <laughs> There's a town called Weed. There's a town called Weed. And you'll never guess what they what their primary crash cash crop is. 
Weed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is like, really? Seriously? Uh, anyway, so anyway, they were they were stopping people from going into this town because they had evacuated it. And this guy was trying to get in, and apparently he brandished a pistol and got shot. Um, but that wasn't the funny part. The funny part was that this town is called Weed, and it's about mm-hmm. to be burned by the lava fire. And <laughs> and when this happens, I just want to be downwind. And because they evacuated, then everybody's out of weed. Exactly. Everybody's out of weed. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse.